Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, hosts Andrea Kilstedt and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. The Capital Campaign Toolkit is a support system for nonprofit leaders who are running capital campaigns. At CapitalCampaignToolkit.com, you can download a step-by-step guide for your capital campaign and get many other free resources. Here are your hosts, Amy and Andrea. Amy, it makes me laugh that you think budgeting is exciting, and I suppose it is, <laughs> but but it's not the topic that would have come to the top of my mind as exciting topics. All right. Important. It, important. Maybe it, not exciting. Important. It is important. It is super important, and there are a variety of reasons why it's important. And early on in your campaign process, well, there are a couple of things to know, and let me start right in with the with the. The the big one. And that is that as you raise money through a capital campaign, you can include in the money you raise the money that it's that you're going to spend on your capital campaign. Right. You all know, I hope that you can't raise money without spending money. It costs money to raise money. Now, if you look at the scope of how much money it costs to raise money, capital campaign fundraising is about the most inexpensive kind of fundraising, and you get the biggest return on investment, the biggest ROI on your investment. And you don't have to take that money out of your operating budget. You can tuck it nicely into your capital campaign, and you should tuck it into your capital campaign. For those of you who are worried about telling your donors that you're actually going to spend some money to bring in that money, I want you to get over that, right? Donors understand that it costs money to spend money, that it costs money to run organizations, that not all money that comes into the organization goes to program. Really, that's one of the most ridiculous presumptions I've ever thought. Organizations that say all of your money is going to go to program. Well, guess what? If there were no money that went to staffing or any of the other things that makes your program happen, you wouldn't have a program. And it's the same with a capital campaign. So don't hesitate to be perfectly upfront about the fact that your campaign is going to cost money and you are going to include that money in your campaign goal. Okay. Got that out of the way. Now, how much money is your campaign going to cost? All right. We like to use a nice rule of thumb. Um, and, you know, rules of thumb are, are sort of questionable. Some people have long thumbs and some people have little thumbs. But there are purposes for having rules of thumb. And that is that they tend to be simple and memorable and easy to understand. So our rule of thumb for capital, how much money you're going to spend on your capital campaign is that we like to say as a starting place, you're, you, should, you should budget 10% of your campaign goal towards the expenses of your campaign. Now, in that context, what do I mean by your campaign goal? Well, the way you come up with a campaign goal is that you add up all the things that you want to spend money on to move your organization forward. And 
when you total those, you will come up with a working goal for your campaign. You will take 10% of that, and that will be your campaign budget, which you will then include in your campaign goal, right? You're going you're gonna to add that to your campaign goal. Now, why do we like that? Well, because pretty much anyone, even the mathematically challenged people, can do 10%, right? It's easy to do 10% of any number, right? I mean, even I can do 10% of any number and math was never my great, my great forte. So when you tell your board, you know, we should really budget 10% or we should imagine that our campaign is going to cost 10% of the goal. They'll have a quick, a quick understanding that the campaign is going to cost money and roughly how much it's going to cost. Now, a couple of things to know about that. First of all, your campaign, as many of you know, is likely to take up to three years. So that 10% is going to be spread out over three years. It's not going to be a budget for just one year of your campaign. That money will be spent over a period, over the period of time of your campaign. And it will probably not be spent in equal increments over those three years, but we can talk about that in a, in a minute. The other thing that I want you to know is that while we do use that rule of thumb, 10% rule of thumb, the truth is that there are two important things to factor in when you start getting past the rule of thumb and into the more reality-based issues of campaign budgets. One is that because many campaign expenses are fixed expenses, Right. The amount of money you're going to spend on your consultants, for example, is going to be likely fixed. They're not going to charge you less for a smaller campaign and more for a bigger campaign. So that means that for a small campaign, the percentage of that that you're going to have to spend is going to be higher. For a big campaign, the percentage that you're going to have to spend is likely to be lower. So it may be that if you're doing a $20 million campaign, for example, that you're not spending 10% of that on your campaign, that maybe you're spending 7%, right? Or maybe even 5%. And if you're talking a, a million or a $2 million campaign, a 10, 10% probably isn't going to cut it, right? You're probably going to need to spend more than that on your campaign. So you take the rule of thumb, you say, okay, that got everyone's attention. 10% is a nice round number. Now let's get serious about what this campaign is really likely to cost. And let's look and see, well, how big is our campaign? What are the costs that are going to be fixed? No matter the size, you know, no matter the size of our campaign. And then we accommodate as we build our budget accordingly. Amy? Yeah, let me just chime in and reiterate a few things. Just you said everything perfectly. I just want to focus in on some of them. I like it. All right. So, you know, I think it is really important to get your board members and your team, your staff to pay attention to this idea that it does cost money to raise money and that 10% is an amazing ROI to spend 10 cents to raise a dollar, right? So let's, you know, whether you're in the business sector or the nonprofit sector, the reality is a 10% investment to raise, you know, a dollar is an unbelievable return. So let's just make sure that everybody understands that. The second thing is, you know, if your current development team is raising whatever amount, whether it's a hundred thousand a year or a million a year, any, anywhere in between, 
if you expect them to raise or if they are expected to raise two times that, 10 times that more for a capital campaign, the idea that they would do it with the same exact uh, staff and resources and supports um, is is silly. It's just ridiculous unless somebody is saying, oh, I think my whole development team is sitting twiddling their thumbs, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not and they're not. Uh, they're working as hard as they can and effectively and efficiently. And a campaign is an opportunity to grow your capacity as an organization. And that includes the development team. So that means probably hiring a new staff member. It means hiring or uh, contracting expertise of a campaign consultant. It means uh, doing extra things for systems and technology and infrastructure, donor recognition, um, there is a list of things. There's a real need for a budget for a campaign. So that's why, I, you know, we started, am I excited about it or is it important? Both, right? right. I am excited about it. I'm yeah. passionate that, that nonprofit leaders understand that it does take an investment to run a successful campaign. I mean, if you want to raise, whether it's twice what you raise normally or 10 times or more or somewhere in between, um, you need more support, guidance, resources, infrastructure, donor recognition, um, and, and those things do cost money. But the reality is it should be, you know, only, only around 10%. So that's the good news. Yes, I like it. I like it. You know, Amy, I've I've often over these years of working with capital campaigns thought of capital campaigns as Trojan horses. Do you all know what a Trojan horse is? You remember that <laughs> story about about the people from uh, Tico? Where were the people from? Oh, it's, it's the Iliad. From the Iliad. This is a story from the Iliad. My or the Odyssey. I can't remember. No, my husband knows, believe me. It's the Iliad. Yeah. It's the Iliad. Right. And the story is that there is that they build a they 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 want to get into the walls of the city, right? And they only the only way they can do that is they decide to do it by building this huge big horse and they present this horse as a gift, right, to the people of Troy. Yes. And they wheel the horse in to Troy, to the city of Troy. And then lo and behold, they had made this this trap door in the belly of the horse. And come nighttime when it's dark, they lower down the trap, the trap door, and they let out all of their warriors, right, to to have create carnage. Now we're not into creating carnage with a capital campaign. But if you think about a capital campaign as being a Trojan horse, there are some things you can do in the context of a capital campaign, that it's very difficult to do otherwise. And one of the things you can do is that you can remind people that they have to invest in fundraising. And the reason you have an opportunity in a capital campaign is because the return on the campaign is going to be so high that people, your board members are likely to make decisions that they might not make if they had to be dealing just with your annual operating budget. So if you need new systems, if you need additional staff for your campaign, right, if you want to budget in things that you haven't been able to actually get get the money to do, you can tuck some of that into your into your capital campaign, just like the just like the Trojan horse was full of things that they didn't didn't other people that the people of Troy didn't know were in there. So I've never talked about that so much. (laughs) 
So here's I do have another big point about about budgeting, though. Let me let me get on clear on on track here. So one of the questions about budgeting for your campaign is, all right, how much how much staff do you need? How much money is it is it going to cost? Is it a big campaign or a little campaign, as we've as we've already said? But another thing which I think people don't think about carefully is what is the 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 um, the elegance culture of your organization? Let me put it that way. How fancy does your organization need to be? Right. And some organizations do things in a fancy way. They just do. It's the it's in the DNA of those organizations to do things in a in a high end, fancy way. Their board members expect it. Their key donors expect it. That's the they they create buildings that are fancy. They have events that are fancy and and fancy things tend to cost more, which is why I bring it up here. So if you if your organization has a culture of of valuing um, elegance and and sort of the trappings of fanciness, then you have to consider that when you're putting your budget together. But some organizations have a, a, an a elegance culture that is quite the opposite, right? I once did a campaign where their kickoff event was under a tent in the field where the bulldozer was pulled up and getting ready to dig into the cornfield and the um, the refreshments for this kickoff event. It was a chilly fall day and the refreshments for this kickoff were donuts and hot chocolate. And that for that organization was perfectly appropriate as opposed to a three or four course dinner at the the fancy event space in town. Now you can imagine what a difference the budget, the campaign budgets would be in these two organizations. There is nothing wrong with either of those, but the decisions you make have to fit with the culture and the DNA of your organization. And you can take, you should, you need to take that seriously in making some of these budget decisions. Excellent. I I love it when you tell a good story. I I wanted to break in when you were talking your your Trojan horse story. Uh, But I, you know, I think it is interesting because hiring another development staff member, whether it's a major gift officer or development assistant or administrative assistant, whatever the position is such a major decision at a nonprofit. But in the context of a campaign, it's a much easier and much more obvious decision. And it's easier to swallow when the first year or two or three of salary is paid for primarily by the campaign budget, which is separate and apart from your regular operating budget. So I just want to remind listeners that we have budgeting templates and tools in the toolkit for members of the toolkit. So if you are confused or curious or not sure how this is done and you want to see um, all of our tools and templates, but specifically to help with budgeting, uh, do consider joining as a member. Reach out and talk to us about what it means to be a member of the toolkit of the Capital Campaign Toolkit and what resources you get access to. 
Uh, Any final thoughts, Andrea? Yeah, I I do have a few final thoughts. I mean, the the process that I rather like for creating a campaign budget is to work from the top down and the bottom up. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you take 10%, for example, let's say you have a $5 million goal and you say, all right, let me take this rule of thumb and and break it down and take 10% of that. That's going to be a half a million dollars, right? Is 10% of of 5 million. I think that's right. So you can take that 5 million and you say, okay, let me break it out into the key categories that I know have to be in a campaign budget. I know there have to be staffing and materials and and systems and and donor recognition things and and entertainment and events. And, you know, you know what the standard things are. Right. And if you don't, our blog posts that will come out tomorrow will give you a list, a list of those of those basic things. So you take the five hundred thousand dollars and you break it down by what over three years you might want to spend. Then at the same time, you actually get a get a budget template, which is much more specific and detailed over three years. And you start building it up from scratch and you see how close those two numbers come. Right. Breaking it down from the top and building it up from the bottom. And I think that's a great way to think about about creating a campaign budget, actually. Um, Good. I I think this is such an important topic, and I hope anybody listening does share it with their team, their board members, their executive director, CEO, the rest of the development team, because I think going into a campaign without a specific campaign budget is a common mistake that organizations make. And I want to make sure that our listeners do not go into a campaign without a campaign budget. Now, Amy, I have two more things I want to say about the subject. So one is this. Most organizations, when they go into a capital campaign, you will find that your executive director and perhaps your development director spend a fair amount of their time on the campaign. So the question comes up whether you should apportion some of their salaries to the campaign budget given that, let's say, 30% of an executive director's time is going to be spent on the campaign, should you take 30% of of that person's salary and put it in the campaign budget? Now, that's actually pretty good thinking. And it may be what that does is that it provides some relief on your annual operating budget during some of the years of the campaign. And given that everybody is hugely busy, that's a welcome relief. What you have to be careful of is that when you get to the end of the campaign, you're going to have to reapportion those salaries back to your operating budget. And if you haven't accounted for that and considered that carefully, it's going to come as a rude awakening when your operating budget that looked so great during the campaign years all of a sudden is slammed by having to go back to normal. So (laughs) be sure you do some very good forward planning. Right. If you're going to reapportion some of that. Right. Some of those some of those budgets. And that's an if we you know, you don't have to to do it, but make a decision, make a conscientious decision about whether or not that's the best course of action for you, your organization. And there's there's pros and cons of doing it both ways. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, We want to give you all the all the options to consider and to make uh, well-informed choices about your campaign budget. Was there one more thing? thing? My final thing is this. You should always 
budget for your campaign higher than you really think you're going to spend because it's much easier and more fun. First of all, not to have to go to your board and say, well, we need more money for the campaign, you know, to need reapprovals. And and it's much better. So if you have the money that's already apportioned, then at the end, you can say, well, we told you it was going to cost 10% or 12%. In fact, we only spent 7%. And then you look like a hero. I so, told you this was exciting. I guess it's exciting. You're right. I told you this was an exciting topic. All right, good. Listen, thanks for listening. Uh, I think this was a great discussion on budgets today, Andrea. You know, I always learn something from your wisdom. So thank you for sharing those, those great stories and tips. Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to CapitalCampaignToolkit.com. This podcast is recorded on a live webinar every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live sessions and get your questions answered by signing up today at ToolkitTalks.com. And please like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform.